Well, over the course of the past year, there have been two events that have taken place in our household that have been profoundly significant to us. The first event that took place in our house, the first thing that happened that was significant, if I had to look back over the course of the last year, happened last November. Last November, my wife's grandmother, Margaret, or as my kids called her, Oma, she passed away. And I don't really have the time this morning to even express to you or share to you how close we were with her and how significant she was to her family and how much, um, how amazing she was. She was an incredible woman. But for us, that was just a significant moment over the course of the past year. In fact, I think it was even more significant because for our children, this was the first time that they actually really had any kind of experience with death. And I remember that when when we found out the news, we were in the living room and we sat down our kids on the couch. And as we tried to explain what was going on with, with tears rolling down my cheeks and Allie's cheeks, and we tried to explain to them, you know, for some of the kids who were little, they didn't quite understand it, but my daughter in particular, she's eight, when Scarlett heard the, the news, she started to well up and started to cry. And we were trying to talk with her and ask her how she's feeling and, 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 and you know, what she was thinking, and she just was so sad because she knew that she would never get to see her Oma again on this side of heaven. And so to see that moment with my daughter and my kids and experience that this year, that was one of the most significant things that happened over the course of the last year. That had a profound impact on our family. And anytime we encounter death, right, those are moments that are, are sad and somber and just weighty. And so that was the first experience, the first event, I would say, over the course of the last year that really stood out. But there was another thing, if I had to pick two, that really stood out over the course of the past year. And that event took place five months later. You see, five months later, on April 15th, little May Margaret Berkabeen was born to our family. She was named after her Oma, May Margaret. And uh, she is our fifth, and I'm hoping and praying, final child. At this point, let's, it's just getting a little ridiculous, right? It's a little, my wife is like trying to show off. Just stop at this point. No more kids. But no, we welcomed little May into the family. And I could tell you, man, she, her arrival just came with so much joy and so much excitement. And I remember uh, the, when she was born, the day she was born, we had the kids come into the hospital room and they have a couch there. And uh, on that couch, we sat our kids down and we began to explain to them, hey, this is your new baby sister, and when they could see her and talk with her and, and hold her, I just the, the joy on their faces, it was one of those moments that was just amazing. You know, a new life is one of those experiences. When you experience new life, it just comes with so much happiness, so much joy, and it's so uplifting. That was the other event, as I think over the course of the past year, that was a highlight for us. That was the other significant event over our year. So when you really think about it, there were two things in our life, right? The, the first was death. And in that experience, it was somber, it was sad, and it was weighty, but it was memorable and important. And then in the other experience with seeing new life, right? This was happy and joyous and uplifting, and it was memorable and important. It was significant for our family. Both experiences, and it's amazing to me how the experience of both death and life can be so diametrically opposed to one another. They're so completely 
different, and yet both are so significant in the human experience. And I believe that God, in his infinite wisdom, he knows the significance of these moments. And so out of the abundance of his wisdom, he has chosen to weave within the very fabric of the church the regular practice of remembering something about death and something about new life. And God has done this through something called the ordinances, or if you grew up in a church that used the word sacraments, it's through the sacraments. There are two ordinances or sacraments in the church. The first is called communion. And in communion, what happens is the church regularly gathers together and they partake in a meal. In fact, if you know the story of Jesus and when he established communion, he was up in an upper room with his disciples and they were having a very uh, symbolic meal. It was called the Passover meal. It was a time where the Israelites would eat this food together, this, this, this symbolic meal, and they would look back to the time of the Passover when God delivered his people miraculously out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage. And so as Jesus was engaging in this meal with his disciples, he said, no, there's something else that's significant about this that you don't quite understand. You see, the bread that we're going to break, it's my body, which will be broken for you. And the cup that you drink, this will be the cup of the new covenant. And so Jesus was putting this new spin on this this amazing symbolic meal, and he was saying, as often as the church gathers together to do this, they do this in remembrance of me. And so this ordinance is all about remembering the death of Jesus. And if you've been part of this church, you know that we gather once a month and we participate in communion, and when we do so, the service or the time around communion, it's usually somber and weighty because we're remembering the death of Jesus. But there's another ordinance of the church that often we do when we gather together as well. This ordinance is called baptism. And what we do in baptism is we take people, disciples, followers of Jesus, people who have by faith already been united to Christ, who've already been transformed internally, who've already been raised from the dead spiritually. We take these people who've been transformed by faith in Jesus and they begin to share the incredible story of their life change, their testimony. And then what we do is we take these disciples and we dunk them underwater. It's a picture of death, burial, and then resurrection. See, in their story, they explain and they tell the church a story of new life. Not of death, of new life in Christ. And when they proclaim this through baptism, as we gather and we hear the stories and we see the picture of baptism, we celebrate, don't we? This is a moment in the service where we normally are excited and we go, man, what a great picture of new life. This is not somber and weighty. This is joyous and uplifting. And so we have these two very different ordinances in the church. We have communion, which is about death. And we have baptism, which is about new life in Christ. And the gathered church is called to regularly come together and participate in both of these. And I want you to know that here at Franklin with Bible Church, if, you, if, this, if you're a guest this morning and you're maybe coming because of the baptism, I want to let you in on a little information. We've been going through a series called Spiritual Fitness. And the whole point of this series throughout the summer is we're talking about different practices or exercises that Christians can engage in. And when we engage in these regularly, we have opportunities to encounter Jesus and receive a daily dose of God's grace. And so we've talked about studying the Bible and meditating on the Bible and prayer and fasting and all these different topics. And then last week, 
we moved into a new section which is about the corporate disciplines, the disciplines that we engage in regularly together. And if you're with us, you know that Jonathan talked all about the, the value of worshiping together and how as we gather to worship, that's an opportunity to encounter Jesus together and receive a dose of his grace into our life. And so as we continue this series, one of the things that we want to do is we wanted to talk about the ordinances, communion and baptism, that as the church, it's so important for you to regularly be a part of experiencing communion and witnessing baptisms. And so as we talked about this series this summer, I had this idea, hey, what if we take both ordinances and we don't just talk about them in one day, what if we do them in one day? Like, what if we do communion and do baptism? And I was really excited about this. I was like, this is a great idea. And so on paper, I wrote it down. And then in practice, as we got ready for the service, I was like, this is not a good idea. I'll tell you why. Because they're two different experiences, right? One is death. And it's somber and sad and and weighty, and we remember what Jesus had to do in order to secure our freedom. He had to die. And then the other is, it's baptism. It's celebrating new life in Christ, and we rejoice, and we celebrate. And so on paper, I was like, this is a great idea. Let's do this. And now in practice, I'm kind of a little concerned, right? So this morning, we're going to do a somber celebration. It's, I had not, no way around it, right? So the first half of the service, we're focusing on the death of Jesus. But we know the story doesn't end there, right? He didn't just die on the cross, but no, Jesus rose from the dead, and we can celebrate that because we get to hear stories of how through the resurrection of Jesus, people are experiencing new life in Christ by faith today. And so that's what we're doing this morning. And so as we are here, even though it's a little weird, I'll be honest, right, it's a somber celebration today, this moment's going to be a little weightier. And then by the end of the service, we're going to be celebrating. Are you guys with it? You guys ready to do this with me? All right. Yes. So what we'll do at this time now is we're going to begin to move into the section where we're going to talk through what communion is. And so I just, I explained some of it right there, but I just want to let you know that if you are here and you don't currently have a relationship with Christ, or maybe you, you feel like your experience with God is all about what you can do. It's about performance and how you can try to be a good person and go to church and follow the rules. I want to encourage you this morning. There is one way to have a relationship with the Father. It's through Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except through me. And the way that we come to the Father is through faith in Jesus. It's a recognition of the fact that Jesus did the work for us. When he died on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sin. And so the truth is, you and I, we were born inherently sinful and dead spiritually. And we deserved death because the penalty for sin is death but Jesus Christ came in and out of the abundance of his love and graciousness he stepped in and he took our place and he died on the cross and Jesus says, said it is finished so you don't have to be so that's the good news of Jesus and so this morning if you're trusting in Jesus Christ if by faith you've now realized the reality of your sin and you're resting in the fact that Jesus Jesus' payment is enough for you, and, and you've trusted in him, you're welcome to partake in the elements of communion. You can do that with us this morning. If you haven't this morning, if you don't really know what it means to be in relationship with God through faith in Jesus, I just encourage you to let the, the tray pass and, and not to partake of the elements. But what we're going to do is we're going to take time now, and we're going to take time to remember Jesus and remember his death. In fact, Jesus said, as often as you do this, you do this in remembrance of me. He said, this is my body, this is my blood. And so let's think about the cross at this time. 
and we're going to have the tray. I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward now. They're going to begin to pass the trays. The trays have one cup that you can take. That On the bottom part of the cup, you've got the bread, and on the top part of the cup, you've got the drink. And so as that's being passed, take one, and then you can close your eyes and just think of the cross, think of what Jesus has done. And then once we've had a chance all to, to take out the cup and the bread, we're going to partake of the elements together as one family in Christ. So let's do that together.